10 to podcast, 10 minutes every 10 days. My name is John Wilkerson, and today I am speaking with Chris Woodruff, Executive Director of Life Raft International. Welcome, Chris. Hey, guys. So I have had the joy of uh, having Chris over to the house last night as, as he's here going around the country, raising money for his ministry. Uh, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, go ahead and tell the listeners what Life Raft does. Yeah, so we are a, a ministry um, in Thailand that actually helps Pakistani Christian refugees. Um, so for a long time, if you wanted to escape persecution in Pakistan, going to Thailand was the quickest, um, cheapest way to escape. Um, unfortunately, Thailand isn't party to the refugee convention. So um, as soon as you... Within about 60 days of your arrival, so after your visa expired, you'd be actively hunted by Thai immigration police and um, potentially thrown into the IDC, which is kind of a which is a modern day concentration camp um, where yeah the conditions are designed to be so bad that you choose to go back to the country where you were persecuted. So here in the U.S., we have a government that has funds dedicated to processing and deporting. People who are in the country illegally, they don't do that in Thailand. Well, not for the not for countries that require a plane flight. So if you live in like if you're one of the neighboring countries like uh, Myanmar or Laos or Cambodia, um, they'll put you on a bus and take you to the border and drop you off. Um, but Pakistan, like to get to Pakistan, that requires a plane ticket. So if you're going to go back, you actually have to buy your own plane ticket. Another thing that you shared was that people are basically in there. It's it's an indefinite amount of time. Uh, so so they're stuck there until either. They get some kind of refugee status or they can raise the funds to leave. Yeah. So um, the hope for all refugees in Thailand, the hope is to get that official refugee status from the UNHCR. Um, At that point, you're eligible to get resettled somewhere like America or New Zealand or somewhere in Europe. Um, But like those slots in countries like America are like increasingly like really, really small. So you could even have refugee status and end up in the IDC for three or four years. There's actually someone who had refugee status. He was from Sri Lanka. And because he was had some affiliation with the Tamil Tigers, there were no countries that were willing to resettle him. And so even though he had refugee status, he was just stuck in the IDC for five years. Talk to us a little bit about the the, the conditions over there, because I, I think, you know, a lot of people, they might think, oh, concentration camp, is it really that bad? I mean, they'll, you know, they will put up to 200 people in a room People have to take turns laying down to sleep. They don't give enough food um, and disease, like they have tuberculosis, hepatitis, scabies. Like people die there. A lot of the times, like people have, like Pakistani Christians have chosen to to go back to Pakistan because they felt like they or their children were going to die in the IDC. Like there was one um, mother who we worked with, and after the UNHCR, she was out on bail. But after the UNHCR closed her case, like she had to go back to the IDC and she was there for, and they were one of those families like, we can't go back to Pakistan ever. But like her baby got sick and the doctor at the IDC was basically like, listen, like we can't provide medical care, adequate medical care for your baby. Like if you want your baby to live, you need to go back to Pakistan. And so they went back. So what kind of things does Life Raft do in Pakistan to help? Or not Pakistan in 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 Thailand in Bangkok to help the Pakistani Christians that have ended up there. For us, the the key is like because these are people who are some of the like you know I've talked there I've talked to people who've said that Pakistani Christians are like some of the most in Thailand Pakistani Christians in Thailand 
are some of the most vulnerable people in the world just because of that like constant danger of being arrested and thrown in the modern day concentration camp. And so it's really easy for the, it's just for, it's really easy for their lives to just be overcome by fear and just to everything to be full of fear and just this sense of powerlessness and this sense of purposelessness. And so obviously like we want to, we want to provide them food um, try to get their kids education, give them money so they can like have a place to, to stay. Um, and, but we're, we're, the key for us is doing that in a way that reminds them that, that they are powerful people and that God, no matter how bad our situation, that God gives us ways to learn and grow and serve. And so it enables them to live with purpose while they're there. You all have a few, few programs that are going on over there. Talk about the rent assistance and the and the, and the uh, food assistance that that you guys give and and, and how that works. And- yeah, so so for every family that we help, there's someone at a local church in Bangkok who knows the family and is like in, is, is friends with them. And so we provide through that person, we provide financial assistance to the family, um, and the family can use that to pay for rent, to buy food wherever it's needed most. Um, but the key is like part of that program is we, every, for every family, it's part of our program. We ask them, Hey, like, what do you think God is calling you to do with your time in Bangkok? And like, how can we help you live with purpose? So we've had, you know, refugees who've started schools, who have, you know, become, you know, teachers who, who, who become teachers at church, um, who are, you know, who some have been able to find some work or start their own businesses. Um, and so that those are this is kind of the, but the kind of looking at like hey like what can you do mm-hmm. um, and what can you learn while you're here? Is there kind of a gray market there? Because I, I get the impression that since these people can't officially work, is there kind of this underground economy that's going on there among the Christians? There's informal work, I yeah. would say, and so a lot of the times it's exploitive. But like for example, so we support eight or nine refugee schools, and at most of those schools, you know, we pay refugees who are educated to teach the kids. So that would be kind of, you know, it's not a formal school. Um, and it's not, we wouldn't call it a salary. We'd call it a little stipend. Um, but they're able to teach and they're able to have money to pay for food and rent because of that. Mm. Since you've been working there, how many of the Pakistani refugees have you seen, um, leave? The country in, in, in a positive manner, not go yeah. back to Pakistan, been able to, but but actually been able to get refugee status and go to a country and and find a better better life. We, for we do track we do track that number. I don't have the number off the top of my head. I think it's close to thirty or forty okay. who are part of our program. Like obviously, there's refugees who aren't part who've been able to go, um, but yeah, about thirty or forty have been able to. And you've been there since 2015, I think. Is that right? Well, I, I, we've been in ministry since like 2011. 2011. Okay. All right. So it's a long process. I mean, a lot of times when people see a ministry, they think, oh, look, all this stuff is happening fast and all this great stuff is happening. I mean, this is, you, you have to be, you kind of have to be there for the long haul. Yeah. Well, they're long term. And it's also just, um, I mean, it is like, for me, it's like, you know, kids are learning, like people are, are, are you know, having food, they have a place to stay. Um, you know, we're able to bring food into people at the IDC. So we're not, you know, the, 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 the systemic issues aren't getting solved anytime soon. Um, but the short term ones are, can get solved really fast and make a massive difference in someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. You talked this morning about how lately the biggest thing for you is just to love on these people and how that you can't necessarily solve their problem. 
but you can love them. Just share a little bit of that um, about about how that how that works out. Yeah, yeah. So for us, like I I, I visit the IDC that's on a regular basis. You know, we we take groups that to go, and it's, it can be hard going there um, because it's like. There's no, there's really almost for, for most of the people there, there's no hope of going to a new country. So like, you know, we go and we're able to, to bring food and water and, and toiletries and, you know, bring families together. So, you know, it's, it's an awesome thing to do, but it's easy for me to get frustrated. It's like, okay. Or other people who are visiting, it's like, you get frustrated. Like, okay, like what's the point? Like I got here and okay, that was great for an hour. We gave them food for a couple of days, but what's the point? Cause we're not solving the problem. And for me, it goes back to the verse in Matthew where, like, God, you know, it's like the king, he's like, he's separating the sheep from the goats. And he says, like, the reason the people who are welcome into the kingdom of heaven, you know, the good guys, the sheep, uh, he says, it's because you gave me food when I was hungry and you visited me in prison and you, you know, gave me clothes when I was naked. And um, that's really, and it wasn't about solving a problem. It wasn't about, it was about loving, you know, being in that moment and loving someone. And so it's just really important to know that like when we, for me, it's like, as we visit prison and see people, like we're loving Jesus. And he says like, you loved me. So that's yeah. what I have to remind myself of. Yeah. I think it's really easy for American Christians, especially because a lot of our preaching tends to put such a, an emphasis on a, our personal relationship with Christ uh-huh. and not the fact that, okay, now you personally know Christ, but you're part of a community mm-hmm. and you have to work in that community now mm. and be a part of that community. And that's really, that's the life of Christ. It's not, it's not just vertical. We have to go horizontal. We have to reach out to people around us. And, and that's just so, that's part of our Christian walk. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, how do you love, you know, he says, how do you love your God by loving your neighbor? Yeah. And I would say, this is an interesting for me that is one of the things I think I've, I've, I've missed about the tail, table of the, of, 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 of the, the Good Samaritan, right, is the lawyer asks, who is my neighbor? Right. And that's something I've asked. Like, oh, like, who is my neighbor? Like, who, who am I supposed to help? And Jesus turns that. He doesn't answer the question. If you read it, he doesn't actually answer. And we aren't supposed to. What he says is, don't ask, who is your neighbor? Ask, who can you be a neighbor to? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. So how can people listening help out? Life Raft International. Yeah, so you should come. You should check out our uh, website, just uh, liferaftinternational.org. Um, if you type in Life Raft International on a Google search engine, you should find our Facebook page. We have a, a couple, one of the one of our refugee families, like a, a father who was in the IDC for years, was finally able to see his daughters for the first time. So there's a video of that on there you should check out. Um, and, you know, you can get involved. Sign up for our newsletter. Um, we're, th- we're hoping to have trips, um, people coming out in 2019. And obviously, you can... If you love people, someone through giving, you can donate also. All right, Chris, thanks again. Thanks, for John. Joining. That was great. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, that's going to do it, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears. <laughs>